Good morning. It's good to be with you this morning and share with you about what God is doing in Japan, what he's doing through the prayers and, and uh, giving that you are part of here, and just to share a little bit about how God is transforming lives in Japan. Now, as I share about ministry in Japan, um, I, people often wonder what's going on in Japan, and uh, so I have lots of statistics and numbers, but I'm not a numbers person, so they don't stick in my head. So every time I have to pull them up again and look at them and read them all and, and think about all of, the, all of these different numbers. Some people like numbers, apparently. And so I put them up there so people can see them. These are just a few of the numbers of Japan, uh, just to let you know a few, a few things that you can be praying about in Japan. You see the population and the number of Christians, there's quite a big variation there that means less than 1% of the people in Japan are Christians. The pastors, the number of pastors we have in Japan, um, they are, their age is getting older and older, and there aren't many young ones coming up. So that's another thing we're praying about in Japan. The suicide rate is one of the highest in the world. That's another thing we're praying about in Japan. Not, not just among adults, among youth as well. Um, so all of these things are, are really important things that we need to be praying about. But as was shared before, the stories of people's lives, that's what sticks with us, right? That's, that's what we remember when we leave this place. Some people, a few people, apparently remember numbers. But most of us, I think, we remember stories, what God is doing in people's lives. So I want to share with you a little bit about some of the people from the church that uh, I'm helping to plant in Japan. I'm at the Komyo Christian Church in Japan. We, we are in a suburb of Osaka, the second largest city in Japan. Um, the city of Osaka uh, is around 8 million people, and then the whole prefecture is about 12 million people. So I live in a place that's very different from the Dakotas. And I love it. A lot of people who are from North Dakota and South Dakota don't really understand that. Obviously, God put that in my heart. And I get to be part of a church that is growing in God's grace, in the knowledge of who Jesus is. Uh, when I was on home assignment four years ago, you may remember that I shared that we have three members at our church. Well, now I get to share with you we have 11 members at our church, and we continue to grow. People continue to come, but hearts continue to grow as well. People are growing in their relationship with Jesus, and that's what we really desire, is that people have a deep faith. Because when you are surrounded by a culture that is completely non-Christian, you need to have deep roots. Your roots need to go deep so your foundation is solid. Because there are going to be times almost daily when you will be challenged by your coworkers, by your fellow students, by your family members. And we need to be standing strong. And that's our desire as we work at the Komyo Christian Church. Now, Komyo means bright, shining light. So when we started the Bright Shining Light Church, we thought our theme verse should be Matthew 5.17. And since people like to hear what Japanese sounds like, I thought I'd read it for you in Japanese today because 
you probably already know it in English, right? So see, you know, I'll just read it and you can see if anything sounds like something you might know. このようにあなた方の光を人々の前で輝かせ。人々があなた方の良い行いを見て、天におられるあなた方の父を崇めるようにしなさい。Matthew 5:16 In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good works and praise your Father who is in heaven. That's our desire. Now, the cool thing. About where our church is located. We rent an office space and it used to be an art gallery. So there's these beautiful windows all around and it's really bright in our church. And across the hallway is another room that's almost exactly the same and it's a pottery studio. And as I would sit in church and sometimes my mind would wander and I'd look over across at the pottery studio and see what was going on, I thought, that looks really cool. Now, I have no artistic bones in my body, but I thought maybe I could try this and see what happened. So I went over to the potter and, and was chatting with him one time. I said, Do you think it would be possible for me to try this one time? He goes, Oh, yeah, people come do that all the time. So my friends and I went over and tried pottery. And as we sat and we listened to him explaining to us what we were supposed to be doing, I felt like Jeremiah. I felt like God had told me to go to the potter because as I listened to what the potter told us, I could hear God talking about hearts being transformed. And so I want to share with you the story of one of the ladies from our church and how God transformed her heart. And as I share about that, I want to share with you about pottery and what I learned about pottery. Now, I am by no stretch of the imagination a, an expert in pottery. So, if there's someone who's an expert in pottery, I'm sorry. This is what I've learned. And I had lots of help. These were some of my first pieces. I had lots of help on these. I just have to say that up front because people look at them and think, wow, that's really good. Lots of help. So,、um, Isaiah also talks about the potter and the clay. And he says, As he's talking to God, you are the potter and we are the clay. You are our father. We are the work of your hands. And when you do pottery, you understand the work of the hands. Your hands are completely involved and messy when you do pottery. And so、uh, it's, it's, a, it's a really good example of how God works. On our hearts. So, Mrs. Shukunami is a lady who is now a member of our church. In August of 2016, she was baptized and became a member of our church. But before that, she had been going to the pottery studio. And I had met her there a couple of times when I was there. And then she wasn't there for a long time. And because I don't go regularly enough, I thought maybe I'm just going on a different day. Maybe I just haven't seen her. And,、uh, and then one, one day when I was there again, she was there and she was just kind of picking up her, some of her pieces that she had made. And she chatted for just a couple minutes with the potter and then she left. And apparently, I don't know if it was that time or another time, she was asking him, What goes on over there in that church? What, what happens over there? He's like, 
I, I don't know exactly. He's not a Christian at all. I don't know exactly, but I don't know. There's a guy, he's got a guitar, and he stands up there, and they sing some songs, and then he talks for a while, and they always have snacks. There's always food involved. And, and she said, oh, okay, that sounds interesting. She had been going through cancer. When she found out she had cancer, um, she felt like she had hit a wall. And she didn't know what to do. And God got her attention. While she was in the hospital, having her treatments, someone gave her a book. And it was a book of poems and essays and paintings by a man who, like Johnny Erickson Tata, was paralyzed in an accident when he broke his neck and now uses his mouth to draw and write. She read his poetry, she saw his paintings, and she felt like, this is someone who understands my suffering. Now, when you're doing pottery, the first thing you have to do is prepare the clay. You can't just take a bunch of clay and throw it on the wheel and be ready to start making a pot. You have to prepare it. Now, this is one of the best stress relievers ever. Because you take this pot, this bunch of clay, and you see where it says preparing the clay. There's this great big, really solid table. And you take that clump of clay and throw it onto the table. Literally throw it with all of your might. Because you want to get the impurities and the air out. You have to get out all of that stuff. Because if you put something into the fire that has too much air in it, it's going to break. So you have to spend time first throwing the clay onto the table. This is what happens in our life. This is what happened to Mrs. Shukunami. She hit a wall. She felt like she was thrown against a wall. And God is getting our attention. He's preparing our hearts. And then, after we get all of the impurities out, we kind of we, we, uh, throw the clay onto the table a few times, and we, we want to get a nice base on it. So make, we make it kind of like a bell shape. So it's a little fatter on the bottom, so that when it goes onto the wheel, it will be solid on the wheel. Got to have a firm base. And then, after we've put it onto the wheel, we're still not ready to form a vessel yet. The next thing we have to do is find the center of the clay. We have to find the center. So when you put the, the clay on the wheel and it starts spinning around, and when you're looking at it from above, you can see if it's going around not in a symmetrical way. And as you get your hands wet, and then you start to work the clay, and you push it down, and you pull it up, and you push it down, and you pull it up, you can start to see the center emerging in the clay. It's an amazing thing to watch, to see this emerge from the center 
of the clay as it's spinning around in circles. So as Mrs. Shukunami is in the hospital, and as she's encountering this guy who has written poetry about her heart and what she's suffering, the center is starting to emerge. God is starting to work on her heart and help her to find him. So while she was in the hospital and she's reading this, this poetry, she finds out that the man is a Christian. So she thinks, well, maybe I should read some of the Bible then to find out what this is about. So she gets, she gets just a little tiny New Testament because she's pretty weak and she can't hold anything too big. And she starts to read the New Testament. And she starts to read things like, come to me, all you who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Rest. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Strength. Who is this person who gives me rest and strength? So when she got out of the hospital, she went to the potter and said, what goes on in that church next door? I want to know what's going on there. And he said, yeah, it's, it's a good place. Those people are nice people. You know, they, they, they're not going to, you know, do anything bad to you or whatever. And so she had her husband call the church. And he called, and Paul Ewing, my coworker, was there, and, and he talked to Paul for a few minutes, and, and Paul assured him, no, you don't have to be a Christian to come here. Anyone can come. Everyone is welcome. And we understand she's sick and tired, and if she needs to leave early, that's fine. No problem. Just come and join us whenever you want to. So 10 minutes later, the husband came. <laughs> he said, okay, I want to make sure, for really for sure, that this is okay. And so Paul talked with him a little bit more and gave him a few flyers about what goes on at the church. And he went home and he told his wife, if you want to go to a church, that one is okay. I like that guy. And so the next Sunday, Mrs. Shukunami came. And we sat her down next to a couple of the ladies who have been coming for a while and, and uh, who are seasoned and solid in their faith. And, and she sat next to them, and they opened their Bibles with her and showed her where we were studying in the Bible. And she started to study. She heard for the first time that there's a God who loves her. That there's this man named Jesus. And... She didn't understand, of course, it was the first time she'd heard it, but she felt something in her heart she hadn't felt before. So she decided, maybe I want to come back next week and try this again. And so she started to come regularly. The center of her life was starting to emerge. Now, as we're forming our pots, our whatever it is that we're making, finally... We've probably been there a good half an hour. Finally, we've got to the place where we can form something. So now, we start to form the vessel. Now, up until this point, we've been pretty rough and tough and used a lot of muscles. There's been lots of pushing and shoving and pulling and throwing. Now, we get a little gentler. 
the first thing we have to do is make a hole. So we take our thumbs and push down inside. And once we've formed the hole, now we can start to form the vessel. We kind of, before we start, we decide, am I going to make a vase? Am I going to make a cup? Am I going to make a bowl? What is it that I want to make? We kind of get a little picture of it in our mind. And then we start to form it. Now, when I'm forming something, I form the inside of the, the vessel first. The first thing I do after I've made the hole, I can, as, as, the, as the wheel is spinning around, I can make the hole bigger or smaller. Now, obviously, this hole is too small for me to get my hands all the way in. So I had to make a bigger hole so I could stick my hands inside to form the shape that I wanted it to be. And then after a while, I can form this, make the hole smaller because I don't want a vase that's so wide when I was making this one. So I put my hands in, and you can see on the picture on the right where he's shaping the inside of the vessel, you can see his whole hand is in that vessel. I've never made anything that big. But see how close he is. When the potter is forming the vessel, he is intimately involved in what he's making. All of my attention is on what I am making. If I'm thinking about anything else, if I'm paying attention to the conversations around me, I mess things up. I am 100% focused on what I'm doing. When God is forming our hearts, he is 100% focused on us. He is God. He can be 100% focused on each one of us all the time. When God is forming your heart, when he is forming my heart, his hands are inside, getting messy, and he is paying attention to us. As Mrs. Shukunami continued to come to church, we could start to see her inside changing. Her attitudes were being changed. The peace that she had in her heart was being changed. The inside of the vessel gets shaped first, once the inside is shaped, I can shape the outside of my vessel. But when it's on the wheel spinning around, I only am shaping the inside. So Mrs. Shukunami continued to come, continued to learn about who Jesus is, how much he loves her, that he truly can give peace and rest and strength to the weary and brokenhearted. And she wanted to learn more, so she and Paul started to study on another day, not just on Sundays, so she could learn more about who Jesus is. And as she learned about who Jesus was, we could see the outside of her change. 
even though she was still going through chemotherapy, even though she still had no hair, even though she was weak in body, her face had changed. There was a lightness. Her family could see that she had changed. As the outside of the vessel is shaped, it gets a little painful again. Because now we're using a tool to cut things off. Because when I take this off of the wheel, it doesn't have this nice round shape. It's still just a big block of clay. I have to remember what the inside looks like when I put it upside down to cut off what I don't want on the outside. Because I'm following the inside. What the shape of the inside is determines what the outside looks like. And Mrs. Shukunami's life, she started to cut out some of the things in her life that weren't necessary. She felt like it wasn't necessary for her to talk bad about her husband anymore. After all, he was taking care of her. He had always been a businessman. He'd come home and she would have everything ready and now he was cooking for her. He was washing the clothes. He was taking care of her. Her daughter was still living with them and was helping to take care. She would go to work and come home and when she was tired after coming home from work, she would still help to take care of her mother. And Mrs. Shukunami could see that I need to be changing some of these attitudes. And God helped her. He helped her cut away those bad habits. Now, before we put the vessel into the fire, the potter turns over the vessel and on the bottom writes his name. So each of the things that I've made, I've written my name. Because it's mine. I made it. I want people to know that I made it. Every piece that I made, I made for a reason. There is a purpose in each one of the things that I made. I made them to be given as gifts to certain people. I had in mind when I started what I was going to make and who I was making it for. When God calls you and grabs your heart and transforms you, he's got a reason. There is a purpose for each one of us in coming to know who Jesus is. When he puts his Holy Spirit in us. He seals us. He puts his name on our heart. And he says, you are mine. Now, go and feed others. Now, go and show my beauty to others. You are called to be part of what God is doing. Each one of us get to be part of that. I get to be part of that in Japan. 
we in Japan are so grateful for the way that you pray for us and care for us. We just want to say thank you. On uh, the picture on the left, Mrs. Shukunami is sitting in the front row on the right. So it's the day that the four people sitting in front shared their testimonies. Mrs. Shukunami and Elijah Ewing were baptized after that, and the other two transferred their membership to our church. We had great celebration as we heard testimony of how God has been at work in each person's heart, how he has been transforming lives. He transforms our hearts so that we can give him glory. Thank you for being part of what God is doing in Japan. <laughs>